When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Still having a look at slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Oh! We need to talk about that Scotland performance. Incredible. A point taken from Wembley. It could have been three. I think we'll just take the one and sets us up nicely for a showdown against Croatia on Tuesday where a win would absolutely take Scotland into the knockout stage of a major tournament for the first time in our history. It's myself, Andy Barge, joined by Gordon Sheach today to debrief what happened at Wembley last night. How's the heart rate, Gordon? Um, I think it's just about return to normal. Um, I think the, the the tension that built up through that second half last night was just unbearable to the point that when the full-time whistle went, I stood up from my chair, I walked to the front door, opened my front door, went to my front step, and just screamed at the top of my lungs. So apologies <laughs> to anyone who lives in the Kings Park area of Glasgow. Um, there wasn't someone being murdered last night. It was just me letting out all that frustration. I, I But you have to tell me, Andy, how did you cope being on commentary? I don't know how you formulated words and sentences through that game. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, for, for anyone who might not be aware of it, yeah, I was commentating in the game last night for Talk Sport. And when, when Scotland had a chance in the first five minutes or so, Shea Adams, the ball was pulled back to him. Um, and it was a good block by John Stones. Uh, I think I needed something like that to happen so that I could uh, kind of just find my feet slightly. Happened early on. That the the most stressful point for me was right at the end when there was the stramash in the box. Couldn't really see where the ball was, and McTominay and Armstrong were in amongst it. Uh, I think it was it. Uh, can't remember the England player. Was it Grealish that had fallen uh, on top of it? I can't remember. But the yeah, that that was where the words were struggling to come out. It was just like, and then, uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> uh, and then McGinn thumped it clear, and at full time, I, I don't know how I just managed. I, I didn't prepare anything or or whatever. I just uh, kind of said what came to my mind at full time after McGinn had punted it away. Uh, hopefully, did okay. Tyrone Mings gives it to Grealish again. John McGinn gets his foot to it, sends it clear, and there is the full time whistle. Scotland have taken a point from England at Wembley. A heroic performance from Steve Clark's boys. The knockout dream is still alive. Absolutely, to a man, magnificent. One of the best Scotland performances I've seen for years. The quality in there, 
the individual performances, the, the team spirit, but that willingness not to get beat today. And if anything, you know, I, I think we will look back on this game once we've all calmed down. I think we're all a bit emotional. Once we've all calmed down and look at this game, we have had the better chances in the game and we possibly could have won. But you've got to take your hat off to Steve Clark and the boys. They've done every single um, Scottish fan, everybody from Scotland, everybody who was born in Scotland, absolute proud today. Unbelievable. Fists are in the air at full time for Scotland. The three Lions could not roar louder than the rampant one. And Scotland leave with a point, and it's a showdown against Croatia on Tuesday at Hampden Park. Where three points would take Scotland surely into the knockout phase of a major tournament for the first time. A batch to the wall performance at times, but a very encouraging one all the same. Chances were created, as Paul Dickoff says, and they shut England out. A team that in qualifying scored five goals, five goals, four goals, five goals, six goals, seven goals. They couldn't get past Scotland. And reasons to be optimistic ahead of Croatia. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll run through the, the the team then because I think to a man, Gordon, absolutely no failures whatsoever. Um, I think it's only fair that we start with the man who's uh, one of the two men that's on the, the lips of most Scotland fans, Stephen O'Donnell. I think we have to um, recognise and congratulate a fantastic performance, especially after Monday, because a lot of people were calling, I'd, I'd actually say the vast majority of Scotland fans were probably calling for Patterson or Forrest to start on the right side. Steve Clark stuck by his man, said that O'Donnell's job is to defend, and wow, did he defend. Oh, he was he was absolutely sensational. You, you are right, though. I think from front to back, it was you can't pick a man of the match out of that performance. I think they were all men of the match. Um, but you're right, Stephen O'Donnell should come in for very special praise. I think, you know, that the strength of his mental character to know that he'd had a bad game. And if you saw his post-match interview last night, you know, he knew fine well what the fans were saying about him and his performance. So to be able to go to Wembley and know that he was facing a far tougher task last night than he was on Monday, to put in that kind of performance, it was absolutely nothing short of remarkable. Um, I think I will say, though, that... I, I do feel like he was unfairly maligned on Monday. I think, yeah, he, his performance was an absolute colossal performance, among many colossal performances. McTominay back in defence, is is that where we should be playing him for forever? <laughs> because I think for, for a long time, uh, we've been hoping that he would go back into midfield, uh, and he has done over the last few games. But he was good last night, back uh, among the back three. Um, is that where he's most suited in this system for us, especially when Ryan Jack's fit? Well, do you know what? I, I think actually McTominay in that back three, I think he makes us a better attacking team. And especially when he's got Tierney on, on, on the left-hand side of that back three, because their ability to bring the ball out of defence, their passing ability to sort of play through the lines up into, say, Shea Adams when he drops deep, is absolutely unparalleled. So what they bring to us in the attacking sense is phenomenal. And I know we've spoken before about how McTominay can occasionally be exposed when he's 1v1 defensively. And yeah, there was a one or two moments that were a little bit shaky last night. But I think on the whole, his defensive performance was phenomenal. He won his headers, won his tackles, and then calmly played out as, as he does. So yeah, I, I, I don't see any reason to, to change McTominay playing in the back three from now on. And it was him that was there at that Stramash uh, in the final moments, just throwing himself in the body. And it was a real you shall not pass moment at the end when McTominay, he just would not let 
the England attacker get past him with the ball in the six yard line. It was it was a great great moment and summed up the the efforts that the Scotland team went to last night. Um, I think on the other side of the back three uh, on Talksport, I, I picked Keen Tierney as my man of the match. Thought he was absolutely faultless. Um, it the the thing that just scares me a bit is that I, I feel I feel that we rely on Tierney so much for this formation um, to to work, um, but. When it when it does work like it did last night and Tierney performs like that, it's it's just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. You you know I think that that is certainly the biggest difference when you look at Monday's performance to Friday's is you put Kieran Tierney back into that defence and just wow the, the the difference it makes not just with him being there but the difference it makes to his players around him was absolutely unbelievable. But then of course, and I'm sure we'll come on to this in a second. You look that again another player we didn't have on. On Monday was Billy Gilmore and the amount that he was showing for the ball and taking the ball in, that's what we missed on Monday is a, a midfielder that was able to bring the ball in and carry it forward and uh, pass it through the lines into attack. So, yeah, Tierney, again, phenomenal. But again, it, it almost feels bad to even to talk about any any player in in, in, in individual senses because as a team, they were so, so good. I, uh, I, I wonder if we, one of them gets injured let's say Tierney gets injured, do we need to have a, a plan B as in a back four? Yeah, yes, you, you would probably make that point. Yeah, absolutely. Because Tierney wasn't there on the, against the Czech Republic and just the, the drop-off in the levels were, were so stark through the whole team. But then I guess maybe if, if, if Tierney was the only change in the 11 from last night, maybe the level would still be quite high because obviously you've got to bear in mind that Christie didn't start yesterday. You know, McTominay was in defence. He wasn't in midfield. Armstrong didn't start. And yeah, the performance was was very different. So it's it's hard to know. But yeah, Tierney is one of our few irreplaceable players, I would say. Well, there's another player in the Scotland squad that has been maligned in the past and was a man mountain in defence last night, Grant Hanley. And he played well against Czech Republic, uh, I thought, in the in the group opener. And, and he took it to another level last night. That, this is absolutely 100% a different, a more experienced and mature Grant Hanley than we were seeing for Scotland five, six years ago, isn't it? Oh, it, it absolutely is. And again, we bang on about this all the time. This is now a system that very much plays to his strengths. You know, he sits in the middle, he wins his tackles, wins his headers, wins his interceptions and plays the ball to the guys on either side of him who are far better at taking it out than he does. He just gets to do what he does well. And yeah, he was unbelievable yesterday. And some of those challenges, I think there was, there was a challenge with about 10, 15 minutes to go when it looked almost like the ball was breaking to Rashford and he was going to get an open shot to shoot from outside the box. Hanley somehow made a recovery run and almost jumped in midair to <laughs> jump and put his body in between Rashford and the ball, recover it, and then come out with the ball and then play a pass off to a teammate. I mean, just one of the most remarkable bits of defending I've seen in recent years. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, although I do feel for Declan Gallagher having played a vital part in Serbia getting us here, I think Hanley has won the number five jersey and I think going forward he will be the man in the middle of that back three when he's fit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, he's only, what, 29 years old so he's still got a few decent years ahead of him as a player. He's Norwich City captain. They're coming up with the English Premier League next year so you'd only expect his levels will go higher. Obviously, I think the last time Norwich were in the Premier League he, was, he had a torrid time with injuries so as long as he can stay fit next season, he should certainly be the man who's leading that defence into the World Cup in Qatar. But it's so nice to see 
players come back from criticism and and disapproval from from the supporters because and O'Donnell falls into that category as well. But um, Hanley, I know for a for a while, maybe it must have been about three or four years ago. I know that Hanley wasn't that bothered or that interested because he felt that he was a he, he was a a scapegoat for Scott for poor Scotland performances and results. Like no matter what he did or what happened to the team, he would get slated um, for playing for Scotland. Um, but he's turned that around, um, and and I think that it's it's got to be to to his credit for how well he played last night. And O'Donnell, similarly, as you say, is able to recognise that yeah, the fans weren't too happy with me on Monday. And then go and deliver that performance in, in his post match that I think it was actually maybe embargoed for this morning. I saw the BBC put it out that um, he was saying that my manager, Steve Clark, is lambasted for picking me. So it's it's so good to have a manager um, that has faith uh, in you. And, and that's why I can go out and, and turn in a performance like that. Yeah. And, and I've, got, I've, I've got to speak as well that, you know, I watched all the post match interviews after the game last night. And the thing that one of the things that impressed me the most was that how quick all of the Scotland players were not just to take credit for themselves, but to praise their teammates. You know, you had Andy Robertson was very quick to say Stephen O'Donnell, phenomenal performance. What a guy, you know, we support him. And, you know, Cal McGregor's waxing lyrical about Billy Gilmore. And I just think that speaks to the strength of the unity of this group, the, the belief they have in one another and the, the real seeming affection they have for one another. I mean, this is a really, and then you, you saw the scenes after full time. I mean, just the, this, as the England players disappeared down the tunnel, it was the Scotland players that were beaming smiles and just just having the time of their lives on the pitch last night. Let's move on to captain Andy Robertson. I feel like he's done really well in the past few games. He didn't get forward or attack as much last night as he as he did against the Czech Republic, but I think he really led by example and wore the captain's armband without it weighing him down on such a big occasion. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right about Robertson, but I, I think you know. People always speak about the difference between Robertson for Scotland and Robertson for Liverpool. And obviously, given the, the players that he's, he's playing alongside for Scotland, he does have to pick and choose his moments of when he attacks. And I think as much as he wasn't bombing forward all game last night, he picked his moments and he had some really good crosses into the box, you know, that could have yeah. created chances, could have created goals. So he always has to be just a bit more a bit more streetwise when he's playing for Scotland. And I think he was that last night, knowing that he had tyranny inside him but yeah phenomenal performance I think I think we're seeing here we're seeing Andy Roberts blossom into a real into the leader of this team yeah there, there was one moment actually where Robertson was bursting forward begging for the through ball from Lyndon Dykes and Dykes chose to shoot with his left foot that's a, a what if moment mm -hmm. it is it is but 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 then again I think it wasn't wasn't that the situation that then the ball then dropped and almost broke for Shea Adams and again yeah. on a different day the ball drops a different way Pickford's you know, his, his weight's going one way and Shea Adams can just pass it into the corner. So it's one of those situations that I, I was certainly thinking through the game that I just wanted us to test Pickford a bit more, you know, when we got those little loops outside the box, just put a shot in because you never know where a, where a deflection might come to. I mean, Stephen O'Donnell's shot, again, if that save goes a little bit differently and Shea Adams can get over the header, again, he's nodding it into an empty net. So sometimes you do just need to roll the dice in those situations and, and go for the shot rather than trying to force the, the perfect situation. If, if, if O'Donnell had scored that... <laughs> There's your redemption story right there. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was a good effort, good save. The, uh, into the, the central midfield area, we've, we'll come to Billy Gilmore in a bit of focus in a moment. Um, 
But I think for for some time we've been critical. I say see we. I think probably me more so than than you and and Ben when he's normally on. Um, I've been maybe critical that Callum McGregor hasn't performed to a certain level for Scotland that we know he's capable of. Last night, I thought he was back to his best, similarly to the performance he turned in against Serbia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think I, I, I was personally surprised that he didn't start against uh, the Czech Republic on Monday. You know, we've spoken before, you've given us insight that Steve Clark is a very, very big fan of Cal McGregor. So to see him starting from the bench was a surprise for me on Monday. I was delighted to see him back in from the start. I think it was a, a good call from Clark. And you're right, he, like everyone else, he, he just had a really, really good game. I mean, and again, that that speaks to the system that Steve Clark has been drilling for the last year and a bit, every training session, every camp, that these players, they, they know exactly what's required of them, they know where they should be and how they should play together. And I think that was a, the perfect example of a, of a game plan being executed. I think that starting McGregor and Gilmore in midfield and putting McTominay and Tierney into defence kind of spoke to the fact that how much we needed to keep the ball and not just allow England to shower attacks on us repeatedly um, because they, they are, I said and it was Paul Dickoff who was my co-commentator last night and their USPs Gilmore and McGregor are retaining possession and doing the simple things to an extremely high standard so when the ball breaks into Scotland's midfield we're not just gifting it back to them and I thought that their, their, their past succession stats were both really impressive they were in the 90s I think um, and the ground that they were covering, especially to get out wide as well, to give a hand to Robertson and O'Donnell on the wing uh, when England were coming forward. I actually felt that England were, they, they were really trying with Rhys James last night. He was on the ball a lot, um, but he never really uh, broke through Rhys James. There was, there was, I was sorry, it was, it was Sterling that possibly should have won a penalty, but well, it wasn't given, so not our problem. But um, yeah, the, the, the guys in the centre got well out to uh, to support the the wingbacks and McGregor and Gilmore, the ground that they covered and the the amount of passes that they completed was was brilliant. And Gilmore has shown, I think, and a few mentions on Twitter as well in the Hamden Roar page, that he's he's not a man for the future. He he is now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm I must say, I I was among the people that was maybe a little bit hesitant of getting too much on the Billy Gilmore hype train, given. The small number of minutes he played for Chelsea this season, and just not want know, knowing what our fans can be like, knowing what the media can be like. That if you a guy like that, if you could throw him in and he doesn't doesn't have a wonderful performance, he could get absolutely slated from all corners, and just his international career could be sunk before it's even begun. But this kid, I mean, is there any stage that he can't excel on? I mean, I think I think every single competition he's made his debut in, be it Premier League, FA Cup, Champions League, and now European Championship. I think he's won the man of the match in his debut in every game. Uh, he just, nothing phases him. And I, th- I think actually what, what impressed me the most was that his passing, the technique of it was phenomenal. That every pass almost, it wasn't just clipped, it wasn't just dinked, it was zipped into people's feet. The speed of his passing is remarkable. Vision is excellent. But also just the, the desire to play forward as well. You know, the amount of times that he would turn and play a great pass up into Adams, up into Dykes, out wide. I mean, yeah, the options he gives us are scary. And as Andy Robertson said after the game, I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he can have as many caps as he wants in his career because he's 20 years old right now. He can play that role sitting in the centre circle all game until he's 35 if he wants. I mean, 
it is scary. It's scary where this guy's career could go. I think Gilmore's initial appearances for Chelsea, uh, duck to water sort of stuff against Liverpool uh, and Everton, and then playing against Man City for 90 minutes at the end of last season in, in a big fixture. Again, just not out of place. There's nothing, I think you've touched on it there, there's nothing really that seems to, to phase him or knock him off his stride. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, you look, you look at his frame and his physicality and you maybe just sort of naively assume that he could get bullied in that midfield. That no one was going to bully Billy Gilmore last night. I think I saw, I saw a stat this morning that no one won more tackles than Billy Gilmore on the pitch last night, which just shows you the disruptive element that he was in that centre midfield. The game did not pass him by. He won the ball back. And when he had it, he was using it so well. And you're absolutely right that if we had let England have all the possession and grow into the game and grow and grow, even though I don't think they delivered much on the night, sooner or later, they'd get a cross that would match a run and they'd score. Because that's what happened with the Czech Republic. Eventually, it would have found, it would have found a match. And we didn't let them do that because we kept the ball very well when we had it. Did you see Sky Sports' match rating of Billy Gilmore? Have you seen this? I have seen that, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's scandalous. They give him a four. Yeah, Billy Gilmore, rated four. Here's here's the wee blurb of Billy Gilmore from last night. Handed his first Scotland start, but the magnitude of the game took its toll on the 20-year-old. So that, that's the first lie. Bypassed several times in midfield, off the pace, time and again, another lie, while trying to recover, uh, which you've m- myth-busted, uh, while trying to recover and out-muscled in the middle of the park. Took an age to find his feet after being pulled from pillar to post. I mean, I can I can only think that's written by some bitter Arsenal yeah. or Spurs fan who just hates <laughs> Chelsea. I mean, that's yeah. embarrassing. Uh, frighteningly off the mark, to be honest. Um, yeah, but he was he was excellent last night, Gilmore. And if if he's not in the team on Tuesday, I will be surprised. Will you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think obviously fit, fitness permitting, I think you'd love to just see the same same eleven um, going again on Tuesday. I mean, I, I think as well we, we we do need to give a very special shout out to the manager Steve Clark. I mean, obviously we debated and discussed and maybe disagreed with the starting eleven on uh, Monday. All I wanted, and I said it before the game for Friday, was I wanted us to be brave. I wanted us to be bold, and I wanted us to win the battles and just give ourselves a chance. You know, showed. Show the world, you know, we've, we've, 20, we've spent 23 years getting to this stage. Let's show the world that we can actually belong here and we can compete. And the, the calls that Steve Clark made in the starting 11, they were bold, let's be honest. I mean, putting McTominay in the back three was a bold call. Retaining Stephen O'Donnell, despite the massive pressure on him to drop him, was a bold call. McGregor back, pairing Shea Adams and Linden Dykes up front at Wembley is a bold call. Every single one of them paid off. Well, we're now going to be joined by... Our third party is Zoom name, <laughs> KT's Big Wanger. Welcome, Ben. How are we doing, guys? Have we recovered? Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, still, still absolutely thrilled and I think digesting the performance from last night. We've just been making our way through the team. Um, we're just in the, the midfield at the moment. If you want to throw in your Tuppensworth on McGregor and Gilmore partnering each other. Superb. I thought, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that Gilmore has been covered uh, in depth, or maybe he's not, but, I mean, what a what a debut. You couldn't have asked for anything more from him. Um, you know, there was a lot of people calling for it. I was, I was surprised to see his name on, but, I mean, what a performance. Just totally belied his age. 
you know, to, to dominate that midfield at Wembley, just stunning, absolutely beautiful. And I thought McGregor played a great game as well, held the ball really well and got us up the pitch. Yeah, but big, I think big game player, Callum McGregor, that's probably the two biggest games that we've had in the last uh, year that he has turned up and, and delivered a top performance against Serbia and now at Wembley. Yep, 100%. And we've asked for it from him. We've said before that he's maybe not been as consistent for Scotland as he's been for Celtic. So you look at those two games, two of our biggest games in our recent history, and he showed up massively. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes with the same midfield against Croatia. But I think if it ain't broke, then don't fix it. You know, that was that was a perfect uh, link up between the two. And it let McGinn play further forward, where we, we know that's where he plays his best stuff. Yeah, well, you've arrived to the podcast just in time because we're moving on to McGinn, who is, is your Scotland man crush. So uh, we'll come to you first, Gordon. Um, McGinn, I felt, was was pretty quiet against the Czech Republic. They, they dealt with him well, but he, he influenced the game last night. Oh, he absolutely, he absolutely did. I mean, I, I, I think what, what was key to that was the change in position for him. I thought against the Czech Republic, his starting positions were, all, were often far, far too deep for him to really truly influence the game. But yeah, last night, as Ben just alluded to, the fact that you've got Gilmore and McGregor as sort of your double pivot, it gave McGinn all that license to go forward. I did worry for him, I have to admit, when he got booked after, what was it, like 15, 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. And I was like, with the style of play that McGinn's got, he is a harrier. I was like, he's a, he's a really good chance to get a red card here. But, but he, he managed the game very, very well. He, he was fantastic. And the way he linked up, with with everybody with 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 Dykes and Adams was yeah a sensational performance but back to his best for sure. Ben, were you happy with your man? Yeah, I thought he did well. He wasn't like a, a superstar level that he can get to, but I think he pressed really well, and that's what that's one of his best features. I think for a midfielder, an attacking midfielder, to press as hard as he does, it just they never they never had an easy out ball from the back, and I think that carried through the whole game. We stifled them. And McGinn playing off the strikers, I think, was really important to that. And obviously, we'll come to the strikers, but that front three really worked. You know, we we never let them get out easy, and we we really dominated that area, which I just think they they never had an easy way through us. I think it, it was quite easy to tell last night. McGinn's face and his expressions—you could see how much the game meant to him last night. There, he was so angry and aggressive and as you say Ben just getting in about the, the England players and he, he had that he had an edge an edge to his play last night he wasn't just about um, you know his, his nice work on the ball and much like all the Scotland players they, they were putting every inch of effort they had into the game but for, for McGinn it really felt like he was going the extra mile more than he even normally does yeah, I think that summed up the whole attitude. I think the fact that England have been referred to as favourites, obviously, for the whole week, all the way leading up to this, you know, they were they were all desperate to show that that isn't the case, you know. And you saw McGinn through the week saying that Scotland have their own superstars, even if they're we, and it, you know, they proved that um, they proved that they're equal to them, and it was it was it was really joyous to watch actually. Um, obviously, just looking at the, the game as a whole. I just thought, I actually, not trying to be a wind-up merchant, but I thought it was going to be more difficult. I thought England were going to have more of the ball. I thought it would be more backs to the wall. But especially with Gilmore in midfield, we actually just controlled the game so well 
that I wasn't ever really truly worried about them breaking on us because it happened so rarely and Marshall had hardly anything to do, which in 90 minutes at Wembley is incredible. Yeah, as, as the save from Mason Mount shot on the edge of the box, the, the, the most serious moment when Marshall was called into action, or am I lapsing in memory here? The no, I think, Stones I think yeah, yeah, the, the Johnson's header from the corner, but I mean, Mark, I mean, no, no goalkeepers getting near that, so that that's not yeah. really on him. But yeah, in, ter- in terms of saves made, I think the one from Mount is probably the only real serious effort he had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to the, the strikers then. Um, we're, we're running out of time here, but Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes started together and looked good, Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have banged the drum on this podcast about their partnership and the potential it's got, and I think that was an absolutely perfect example of how they can play together and how they can succeed together. Sometimes it was Dykes dropping deep. He won a lot of flick-ons last night. He won a lot of balls in the air. Um, I, have, I have to say, actually, like one, one thing that really impressed me last night, and I said this on Twitter before the game, was I wanted us, you know, it was about, you know, win the first battle, then win the next battle. And, you know, as much as we were technically very good last night, there was a real element of controlled aggression in our performance as well. And I think, I think maybe that surprised England, and I'm not sure they entirely fancied it. I mean, I think was there about five or six seconds on the clock when uh, Lyndon Dykes went up for his first high ball with Luke Shaw and stuck his knee right in his kidney. And I think from then on, the England players didn't really seem to like it very much. Yeah, the, I think Lyndon Dykes um, on, was marshalled well by the Czech Republic uh, defence earlier in the week. And and we said in the review of that game that for Lyndon Dykes to, to be a proper handful he needs to be playing towards the level he did in Serbia. And Ben, I think that much like Callum McGregor, he was he was nearing that last night. Yeah, and we spoke in the build-up as well that Dykes, his best feature is his build-up and his like link-up play. And if he doesn't have a striker next to him, then he, he can't really do that, or he certainly can't do it as well. So having Adams there, they just bounced off each other and it worked. You know, they, they linked up well. Adams was dangerous running in behind. And I thought Adams' control and his touch really helped. I know that's an obvious thing, but the fact that he could take the ball and control it, it meant that the ball wasn't constantly coming back at us all the time. It meant that we could hold the ball in their half, get us up the pitch, get us throwing some corners. You know, they both worked terrifically hard, but I think the difference with Adam is, is the quality that he has, the touch that he has. I think, you know, he, for me, they have to both start against Croatia. We've seen that that works now. We can't go back to just one up front. Yeah, Adams and Dykes must start, Gordon. You'd certainly like to think so. Uh, they, they are just such a promising partnership together, the way they play off each other, the way that, you know, you saw how Dykes came alive against the Czech Republic when he suddenly had Shea Adams playing up alongside him. And last night, yeah, they just, they, they worked very, very well together. They were creating chances for each other. Obviously, Adams, if the ball had broken a slightly different way from Dykes' shot, he could have scored. Uh, yeah, just um, a very promising partnership, and I, I just can't wait to see more of it. Well, it's set up really nicely for Tuesday, guys. We, we had to get that point last night. A win would have been incredible folklore material, but a point, and with that performance, it's not like we we scraped by and held on. We we were part of that game last night and more than deserved the, the point that we took from the game. Uh, and now it's, it all comes down to, to one game on Tuesday against Croatia, who, yes, are a good team, but we can do it, can't we? Oh, absolutely. I think going into last night's game, I just wanted, I wanted us to 
at least draw, if not just like do us proud, you know, make make it close. But in the end, we actually we very much could have nicked it. But a draw is perfect. You know, we've got a one-off game now at Hamden to qualify for the first time ever through the group stage. We at the start of this tournament, I would have taken that whichever way around it was. If we draw with the Czech Republic, we have got a chance to get through to the next round, and it's at home against a Croatia side that I have to say have not been impressive so far. So absolutely 100%, we can do this. Yeah, I completely agree with Ben there. I mean, I think coming into this tournament, obviously you try and work out the permutations and the path maybe through a group. But if if you'd if you'd said to us before the tournament started, we'll be going into that final game at home at Hamden against Croatia, knowing that it was exclusively in our own hands. If we win the game, we're in the knockouts. Uh, you'd take that every day. I I, I think it's certainly it's it's in our benefit that by the time we play on Tuesday night, groups A, B, and C will be finished. Therefore, we'll know what their third-place teams have got. And I think you look at those groups right now, and there's a very good chance that their third-place teams might well end up on three points or fewer. So, yeah, four, four points. All we need to do is get, get ahead of two third-place teams. So, four points, I think, definitely takes you to the knockouts. And from there, we're dreaming again. You know, people like to say that, you know, you have to grow into a tournament. And I think we're very much doing that. Obviously, the only caveat is just that we just need to see us turn these chances into goals because we have created so many chances across two games we haven't scored yet let's just hope we're saving them all up for Tuesday yeah alright lads cheers superb cheers guys Sports Social Podcast Network